August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's tenboundcom conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored to have my new friend that uh, I've met within the last few months, mainly online. We haven't actually met in person, but Brandon Bornichen with Seamless. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, what's going on, David? Thanks for, uh, for having me. Oh, man, I'm stoked to get you on the show. I think what you guys are doing is awesome, and your story is incredible. So if folks out here on the West Coast have not interacted with you yet, tell us about you know how you got into the whole sales development field and your journey to Seamless.ai. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. And and I don't think my life is that sexy and that cool, you know, if if we were taping it, it'd be uh it'd be a bunch of us just in front of computers 18 hours a day, 7 days a week prospecting, pitching, closing, building uh sales automation technologies, but you know, I can give a quick overview. I'm Brandon Bornanson again, David, we're humbled to be here to chat with you today. I'm the CEO and founder of Seamless where we're on a mission to empower the world to connect opportunity and help you maximize revenue, increase sales, and acquire your total addressable market instantly using artificial intelligence. And, you know, my my background, you know, the quick elevator pitch was, you know, my family was super poor. I grew up in Ohio, in Cleveland. You know, that's like grind, you know, that's not white collary, that's that's manufacturing and you know, my, my mom worked at a grocery store. My dad like worked in retail. They were super broke. And, you know, I was, I was poor growing up, you know, I had massive t-shirts, like shitty clothes. I just remember just being super broke and, you know, the kids would go to school with the Nike shoes and, you know, I'd be wearing some shit that my mom got at Mark's or something like that. And I just remember always being like, damn, I, I want that type of life. And, you know, when I was 15 or 16, so middle of high school, my dad was selling the first computers. So my dad started, went, went out of retail and started selling computers at Macy's. So he was selling the first Apple computers and the first PCs when they actually sold this shit in, in retail, 
Like, could you imagine going into Macy's and just seeing a bunch of like computer and tech stuff now? I mean, the stories are just insane. What is that? <laughs> so he was selling like, I forget what the computer USA or I forget what the, the store was like, you know, a, a while ago. But then a small multi-billion dollar company, but at the time it was just a few million called CA Technologies recruited my father to become an account executive, get out of retail and sell enterprise software. And CA Technologies was uh, one of the first software companies that got to a billion dollars in revenue. So my dad left retail computer sales at Macy's, joined CA Technologies, and over the next course of the next three to five years, my life completely changed. We went from being broke ass into shitty housing into like, we, we kept moving every two to three years. So like my dad's working for CA and he's crushing sales, traveling. He was on the road five days a week. You know, my mom was like a, a you know, a saint first off, but she was like a single mother. And my dad was just a traveling, you know, enterprise computer sales executive. And we went from super broke to him making like, you know, over half a million a year. And I just saw our lives, you know, go from 10 to 15 years old broke to my dad getting me, you know, a Lexus when I was, you know, able to drive. And then we moved into a, a mansion and like I could go to any college I wanted to. And I'm just like, how did we go from being super shitty, dead ass broke to to wealthy, more wealthy, right? You know, the top 1%. Whoa, right. And, it, you know, my dad preached to me about sales. Sales changed his life. Sales, you can do anything you want. You can make as much as you want, as long as you work your ass off. So like at a very young age, when I was in high school, my dad's like, you know, hey, he was always on the road. So I didn't get to interact with him a lot. But he just, he started to teach me like, you know, you can do anything you want to do, never limit yourself and learn how to sell. Because if you can learn how to sell, whatever you want to sell, if you can learn how to sell, you can learn how to do anything or you can convince anyone to help you do anything. And after that, you know, ended up uh, that that's kind of what started my career. When I went into college, I uh, launched my first company. That is amazing. I can tell through your story that you have a lot of pride in, in that story in that you saw what, you know, hard work and determination and ultimately learning sales could do for your family. And then you took that. So now you're in college and you're like, okay, how did you kind of take that and run with it? Yeah. And I mean like that, that's the great thing about hardship. So like if my family was super wealthy from the beginning, I don't, I, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. But like, I remember my mom buying cans of food and feeding us and heating up this like these cans of food that were dog shit and it sucked and you just had to do what you needed to do to get by. But you know, you learn from that and you realize like, this is the life that I never want to have ever. So I got to do something to, to make sure that it, it never happens again. So, you know, then, you know, my dad goes into sales for CA technologies. He was president club at CA technologies for 11 years straight. So, um, you know, as you can imagine, like wow. being the top sales guy, at CA Technologies, he was a top, you know, went from AE to vice president. He helped CA acquire like 15 companies and 
the only reason why I'm t- I talk about him is just because he's one of my mentors who taught me to work your ass off, never give up, and just don't have doubt, right? So when I went into college, I had this mindset of like, I can do anything I want. And I actually went into college to go into pre-law. I was like, you know what? I, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be the best lawyer and negotiator. And then I started studying political science and realized that like learning about the government and all these laws and reading 100 page uh, laws was terrible. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> and when I, you know, my freshman year, I was a big online poker player. So when I was playing a lot of online poker, I realized that I could recruit poker players. And every poker player that I recruited to join Party Stars, you know, Full Tilt Poker, Party Poker, all the different sites, I'd get paid $100-$200 cost per acquisition. So then I was like, well, shit, you know, I was making a few hundred bucks playing online poker. And then when I started recruiting people, I was making thousands so I, I literally was like, okay, how do I get as many freaking people to sign up for party poker, poker stores, full tilt poker as possible? So I literally created these little business cards and I knocked on dorm room to dorm room. The whole, there was like 50 dorm houses or whatever you call them. I don't even remember. And I would go dorm to dorm. Hey man, what's going on? It's Brandon. I'm with party poker. You know, hey, you know, we got this big promotion. I'm going to give you 50 free dollars. Let's get you on the site. And I would sell it so hard because I knew that hooking them up with 50 free dollars to join party poker, fill poker, you name it, I was going to make 150 profit, $100 a head. So then I started like making thousands upon thousands in college. And I'm like, shit, this is my freshman year. I got to take this online. So then I took it online and I ended up you know, helping party poker generate 1.5 million my first year, 3 million my second year and 6 million my third year. I was definitely like, and, and I don't say this egotistically. I just say it like, I was definitely the richest kid on campus. I, uh, you know, had a, I bought myself at the age of 18, a two door hardtop Mercedes convertible. I had bought myself a vacation property in Florida. So when school was out in, in uh, college, I wouldn't even go home. So I told my parents like, hey, when school's out, because uh, I went to Ohio University, it was the number one rated party school at the time. Um, so that's that's why I went there. I'm from Ohio, number one party school. That's the perfect place for me. Ended up going there. And uh, they had a big eight week uh, like winter break. So during winter break, I would leave Ohio, live in Florida for eight weeks, run my business, and then come back. And I didn't really see my parents just because I was running the company and traveling and whatnot. (laughs) But, you know, like that's when that's the first time that I saw the power of sales. Like, dude, had this idea, online marketing for this company, selling for them, essentially. And, you know, you just got to find a great product, figure out how to sell it and hustle your ass off. So I did that for three years when I was in school. And then they made online gambling illegal. So literally the whole market in the U.S., I didn't like lose anything. It just stopped. It'd be like people were mailing you checks and then it just fucking stops. And you're like, you're like, damn it. So then I'm like, okay. And of course, like when you have that type of success, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm an I'm an entrepreneur. I know I know how to start (laughs) any company. Right. 
So I ended up taking, yeah, I'm a genius, made a ton (laughs) of cash, you know, more than what the majority of people make like in their full-time careers in five years. And you're just like, okay. So I, I'm like, I'm going to start this new, new company, mobile marketing called in mobile. And this was like 10 to 12 years ago when there were still flip phones. I was like text message marketing and mobile websites on flip phones are going to be the next big thing. And I took all my money. Like I'm an all in guy. Like I'm an all in salesperson, all in entrepreneur. So I took everything I had that I made from the poker stuff, the poker business I invested in in mobile. And I brought on a bunch of co-founders. We hired 15 people and we were running this text message software company. And that was the first time I realized like the big importance of sales because we couldn't find anyone to buy the damn mobile software. Like (laughs) we were pitching all these companies, all these brands like, hey, you know, vitamin water. Hey, Victoria's Secret. Hey, Walmart. Hey, Starbucks. You need to be talking to your customers via text message marketing and a short code. And A, people were like weary to spend a lot of money with a bunch of kids out of in college. You know, they're not going to do a hundred thousand to a five hundred thousand dollar deal with you. You know, with like ten kids in a you know working out of a small office in Athens, Ohio. So it was really hard for us to 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 build the software and to sell the software. And it was the longest three years of my life. So I put in 10x the amount of effort into the, in mobile than I did into the party poker business. Then I made 10x less the amount of money in the mobile business and uh, uh, just couldn't yeah. sell it. You know, we I mean, we acquired like 50 companies, but, you know, $1,000 a company per month compared to like the expenses and everything else. You're just, you're getting hammered. So we ended up, you know, my co-founder and I, Jake Phillips, who's actually now my chief operating officer at Seamless, we got approached by a company out in New York that was like, hey, you guys know how to sell mobile. We've got a really badass technology for mobile. We want to acquire you and your book of business. It was basically an aqua hire. They're like, hey, your technology is kind of shitty, but you guys hustle. So we'll acquire you and we want you to open up our New York City office. So it was funny. My co-founder still had another year in college. So he's like, hey, Brandon, you go. I'm going to finish college. Jake, Jake's like, you go. I'll finish college. So I ended up moving to New York and opening up this mobile office in New York for a year. And then after that, Jake went to IBM Interactive. So one of my co-founders went to IBM Interactive, recruited me to join IBM in sales as a sales director. And that's, you know, at IBM when I was selling for three to four years, the Fortune 500, 500,000 million dollar deals to manage all of their digital marketing and all of their web development. So we were going after Google, Amazon, IBM, Dell, you know, all these massive companies to do all their online marketing and to also do all their web development or assist with their web development. And those enterprise deals are are massive and long sales cycles. And I was doing a lot of sales development work, all my own prospecting, pitching and closing. And then after IBM Interactive, I was there for three and a half years, you know, did tens of millions of worth of deals there. I ended up wanting to go into search marketing, Google search, because I realized like, dude, search marketing is easy. You spend a dollar You get X amount of clicks, X amount of clicks translate to Y amount of conversions. 
why amount of conversions generates Z revenue. Dude, selling search marketing and, and stuff that is like so mathematical driven is so easy. If you give me $100, I will give you back $150. Like that's the easiest sell in the world versus selling web development. David wants a new website for sales development conference. I'm telling him it's going to be $100,000. And you ask me what the ROI is. Pitching you what the ROI is of a website that we're going to develop is very untangible. It's very difficult to translate. This is the exact revenue results we're going to be able to drive. So I'm like, I got to get out of web development. It's great. I'm making a lot of money, but I can make more money in search. So I went into search and that's, you know, at the end tail of IBM when I was prospecting and researching hundreds of people. And then I went into this Google search agency and I was prospecting like hundreds of people a day. I, I needed to automate all of my research, all of my sales list building, my prospecting, my appointment setting, my CRM data entry. And I built Seamless to help me sell. And this isn't a pitch for Seamless. This is just like, hey, you know, I needed to sell. You had a problem. Built this little prototype to help me sell. And I immediately was doubling my income like every three months. I, I, I kept... You know, basically over the course of my tenure at the Google search firm, I 10X'd my income and became a millionaire using Seamless as my own weapon, as my own secret sauce. And I didn't want to, I didn't want anyone to use it, but then, <laughs> secret. yeah, it was like my secret little weapon. And then my, my employer is like, Hey, you're outperforming your teammates by like five X and you're the number one sales guy year over year. Like by massive numbers that we've never seen before. These are record sales numbers. What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, well, look, I, I use this tool, Seamless. It was called Seamless Contacts at the time. Um, now it's Seamless.ai. I was like, I use this platform. You know, I built it. You could use it too. So then I ended up selling everyone on my team licenses to Seamless. And then they started crushing their quota. And I'm like, dude, Seamless helped me become a millionaire. Like I. I wanted to help advertisers like maximize their potential in search, but but now I'm like, damn, now I want to help every sales and marketing professional in the world connect to opportunity. I want to help them maximize their potential. I want to help them acquire new business faster than ever before. I want to help them make all their dreams come true. I want to help them pay for their kids' college. I want to help them fucking buy that next house. Like I was just like, I became obsessed with like, dude. If I could do it, I am not a smart guy. If I could do it, David could do it. Sean could do it. Alex could do it. Shannon could do it. Sarah could do it. And took all the cash I made becoming a millionaire at, at you know, using Seamless. And I took all that cash and bootstrapped into building our Seamless search engine. And, you know, building a search engine is the, the worst idea in the world. Like, it's really fucking hard. <laughs> to, like, don't ever ask a sales guy to like build a search engine because it's just, it's really difficult, time consuming and expensive. But long story short, after a three brutally long years of development, we've been able to build Seamless, which is a search engine to help you, you know, find everyone in your total addressable market, find the contact information for your total addressable market, and then acquire your total addressable market using artificial intelligence. And now we've got a team of 15. And we help thousands of companies generate millions in revenue, which is really exciting. And that's okay. the story. Okay. 
I want to hear about your journey over the last three years. That that is really interesting because you you it, the 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 theme that I keep seeing is you're making massive bets. Like you're get you're getting your winnings. You're sitting down and you're going, okay, what's my next challenge? I'm going to bet. And now you're betting on seamless. You've been working on it for three years. But the first thing I want to ask you is, what was it like going from a a very entrepreneurial journey? And then working for a huge company, there can be no no bigger company than IBM, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, in the old days, it was a big company. I don't know how big it is now. But what was that transition like of being an entrepreneur and figuring all your stuff out to then working for a big company? Demand. Yeah. So, like, what what's, what's amazing about sales is, like, sales is like being an entrepreneur without having to worry about all the bullshit. So... <laughs> You get all the upside of making a ton of money and you eliminate all the downside. Like, you know, I'm a big fit. Like if you at like seamless is uber successful or not uber successful, I would, I would go into sales next time. Like anyone asked me like, what would you do next? I'd be like, I would go into sales, cut out all the bullshit that you have to deal with as an entrepreneur and just crush as many deals as possible, make as much money as possible, and not have to worry about all the, you know, operations, customer success, you know, investors. There's so much stuff that takes up your time where when I stopped being an entrepreneur and, and went into sales, like it's just like being an entrepreneur, just you get more time to sell versus worry about all the other bullshit. So I Dude, loved I, it. I, I literally have a stack of contracts sitting at my desk and I'm going, God, you know what I mean? It's like, I have to read through all these. So I, I, I feel you, you know, <laughs> it's like, if you could just spend your time in sales mode and have all this other crap like taken care of, oh my God, it sounds It'd like It'd be dream. amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I look back and I'm like, wow, like I wanted to leave, you know, making that much money to do this like why <laughs> but my my mission on helping the world you know empowering the world to connect to opportunity is more important than than anything else to me personally right now in my life so it's worth it but you know going from a startup to IBM interactive so when i was running the mobile company the mobile marketing company i would dream to manage mobile marketing for all these massive fortune 100 fortune 500 brands so then when IBM Interactive is like, hey, you get to work with the largest technology companies in the world and sell to them, you know, managing all their online marketing and sell to them managing all their web development or a portion of their web development online marketing. It was like a dream come true to me because I'm like, damn, I always wanted to work with Google. I always wanted to work with Amazon. I always wanted to work with Dell. I always wanted to work with Apple and IBM Interactive is working with all these brands. And I get to go in there, meet with all the CMOs, meet with the VPs of marketing, VPs of digital, directors of digital, director of acquisition, SEO, paid search. So for me, it was like it was a pretty seamless transition. And also, I just came off of a three year bender where like I worked my ass off, made 10x less the money I made previously, worked 10x harder. And I was like pissed that this second venture didn't work out. And in that second venture, like it got so bad where I was like stealing food to eat out of my startup incubator's fridge. Like I remember it got so bad. My family, you know, like I was on, you know, different terms with my family, couldn't ask them for money. I payroll, I would like paid everyone. 
and had zero money in my bank account and like couldn't even eat for for weeks at a time. And I just remember like taking food out of the incubator fridge to eat at night. And my fiance, who who was my girlfriend at the time, actually would buy me food, have it delivered to the office because she knew I was dead ass broke. So like that experience, you're like, dude, how did I go from rich to broke? That sucks. (laughs) You're not not selling me on entrepreneurship, man. Uh, To be honest, like (laughs) I – I want to sell you on sales is the best career in the world because it is. And like, if I could do it again, I'd, I'd, I'd stick with yeah. selling. So anyways, <laughs> like I just want people to realize the hardship, right? Because you read about yeah. the bullshit about Zuckerberg and, you know, Reed Hoffman yeah. and all these guys, like, first off, all these guys had it, like had great connections, were in great spots, great families, like, they worked their asses off, they're geniuses. I'm not putting them down, but the 99% of like normal people aren't going to have all the money in the world, all the connections in the world. You're going to have to work your ass off and you're going to have to do it bootstrapped and it's terrible. And that's why you got to just like work 24/7 on your dream, on your mission, on your vision and you're going to hit a thousand failures. You just can't quit until you get there. But uh, selling at IBM was awesome. I had all the resources in the world all the connections in the world. The only thing that I didn't like was the sales cycles were, you know, six months to a year. They were massive at IBM Interactive. You have to work with like 30 internal stakeholders. So I was doing so much outside selling to, to brands that then when I finally got an opportunity, I would have to sell to 30 people internally that this was a deal that we needed to do. And like, ah, that's exhausting. Like you find a hot opportunity. You just want to pitch it and close it. But it was a great run. It taught me how to run the enterprise pursuit perfectly. And then I took everything that I learned from that to crush $100,000 to $500,000 to $1 million deals at the search agency at Fathom. So, you know, it, it just helped. Everything gives you like the next thing that you need to get to the next level. Yeah, it's funny because you would think that going from the freedom of entrepreneurship to an IBM would be constricting. But it sounds like as a salesperson, as a professional salesperson, it was actually kind of freeing to you to have all those hassles taken care of so you could focus on sales. But but then there was sort of the bureaucracy that you still had to deal with. You learn that and now you bring it forward into your career. Yeah. Like I, I was, I'm not a political guy. Like if you, if you follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you know, I, I'm, I am me. I don't like to put a a bullshit facade on like I'm me a thousand percent. So like I don't play the politics game and IBM, they love politics. Uh, They love money more than politics, which is good. You know, that was in my favor, but I just didn't like the whole internal selling and, and all that jazz and getting everyone on board. Like I, you know, guys, you know, we need to drive hundreds of millions in revenue, get the whole band on board, and let's figure out the best pursuit plan to get all executives, stakeholders, users, influencers to buy into this at the brand. And then let's get this five, 10, $20 million deal signed. So um, good part about the Fathom search agency, there was no bureaucracy. That was the most entrepreneurial it was. It was like, hey, we're a mid-market search agency, you know, we're kind of doing things as a, a standalone AE. So the AE would do all the inside selling, all the outside selling. And I came there and I'm like, hey, 
let's build out this inside sales team because you can't scale predictable revenue. And, and right when I joined the search agency, Aaron Ross published his book, Predictable Revenue. And I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. I've been trying to sell my company to build an inside sales team to keep the pipeline filled so that we could pitch and close 24 seven. And then, you know, just basically took predictable revenue to my chief revenue officer. I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I've been saying. This is exactly what we need to do. And my CRO at the time was super entrepreneurial too. He came from Nielsen. Jeff, he's a game changer. He's like one of those bosses that's a game changer. SDR, sales development peeps, make sure that you're surrounded by the right boss. Because if the right boss doesn't go to bat for you, doesn't have your back, doesn't let you try new things, you're not going to be successful at that gig. Like uh, at Amen. IBM Interactive, Amen. like, you know, I, I had some, I had some okay leadership, right? But they were not like in my band. You know, they were looking out for them, right? For them to maximize their success. When I went to uh, Fathom, the Google search agency, Jeff was like, Brandon, I'm here to help you be successful. You know, when we would have wins, he took 0% of the credit. And he's like, I take 0% credit. This is because of Brandon. This is because of his SDRs. You know, like, and I just learned from Jeff, like, holy shit. Like, this is how you become a great leader. Like, I wanted to work 24-7 for Jeff, my chief revenue officer. And uh, he went to bat for me. You know, I was doing some crazy shit at the search agency, like super aggressive, you know, tons of outbound prospecting, selling, emailing, calling, voicemails, videos, social touches, like, you know, some prospects would get pissed that I was so aggressive. Some, you know, 95% of them appreciated the hustle. 5% of them hated the hustle, would bitch to my team about it. Then my team would go to my chief revenue officer and my chief revenue officer would be like, you know, do you want Brandon to continue to generate millions in revenue? Like, do you want Brandon to continue to break records we've never seen before? Like, of course, when you run really, really fast, you're going to like break some things along the way. Like, do you want to go really fast and hit a hundred million dollar company? Or do you want to go slow, not break anything, be super sensitive and get to 10 million? Like, I'd rather go fast screw shit up along the way, fix them, figure out how to fix them and optimize. And that's what we did. And luckily, you know, the, the team at Fathom empowered me to like build Seamless, sell it to them at Seamless. And then, you know, we ended up launching Seamless full time and they were huge advocates of that because now, both, uh, yeah, sorry. I was just, I was just going to say both me and a, a few of my partners in the business you know, came from Fathom and, you know, we went full-time on Seamless. And now you're bringing that, that culture, I would assume to Seamless as you build, you know, the culture over there, move fast, break things, you know, get out there, get in the market, get beat up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm still trying to learn from my mentors of like how to empower people, let them take a ton of risks, let them take a ton of chances. Don't micromanage you know, like, so I'm big on that. I'm also big on assuming responsibility for all failures and never assuming responsibility for our successes. Like if we want a big deal, I do not give a shit if I get credit for it. Like I want to give all the credit to my SDRs who hustled their ass off, hundred calls, emails, social touches, videos, you name it to book a thousand appointments, which led to that big deal. I want to give the credit to the AE that chased that opportunity 
for three months, you know, 57 calls, 45 emails, 10 business cases. Like, dude, that wasn't me. That was the team. So we take that culture. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I'm still trying to master is just making sure I don't like micromanage because like, I love sales so much that I have a certain way of doing it, but I want my team to develop a mix of their own way plus the way that we know works well. August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to tenboundcom conference to get your tickets today. That's 10bound.com slash conference. Man, I, I love this guy. I want to, I, you got any job openings? I want to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be probably easier than, than doing your own thing, right? Because we, we know how hard the entrepreneurial grind is. <laughs> I want to try it out. So, okay. So I got to ask you this. I originally connected with you or saw you on a video where you were talking to Grant Cardone or Uncle G, as we call him, the the mentor of so many millions. So tell us about how you got in front of him and how that whole thing unfolded. Yeah, no. So, you know, one of my other mentors is definitely Grant Cardone. I've got, I've got a few very select mentors and, you know, Grant's massive now, but I became close with him and Jared, you know, Jared Glantz, his right-hand man. VP of sales really took the company to the next level alongside with Grant, who blew up the entire business. But five, seven, 10 years ago, it was a small, you know, auto car dealer training sales system. And this is another thing, the importance for, for the sales development crew out there. When I went, got into sales at IBM Interactive, I bought 123 different sales books. Literally, like every single Jesus. fucking sales book you could find on anywhere. But before, they, they like didn't really have – Amazon was fairly new. So I was buying these books at Barnes & Nobles. I was buying these books at like – I forget what the bookstores are called. Now it's just Amazon. But <laughs> I bought every single sales book. And the reason why I did that was because when I started to play poker, Texas Hold'em, when I got into poker when I was 18, I was like, hey, I'm going to go play poker. And I'm going to learn how to play poker, playing poker real time, right? And then I would play poker and I'd get my freaking ass kicked and lose $500, $1,000. And like I would I would go every week, every weekend. I'd play poker with my buddies and I'd lose $500 to $1,000 a week. And I'd be like, this is so stupid. Why am I trying to learn how to play Texas Hold'em with a bunch of experts that already know how to play Texas Hold'em? So I'm like, I got to do something different. I bought every single book on how to play Texas Hold'em. And then I started applying the statistics, the strategies, everything I learned from these books to become a great Texas Hold'em poker player. 
And then I started generating 500% increase in ROI on Texas Hold'em, 1,000% increase in ROI on playing Texas Hold'em. I saw my income dramatically increase 10x because I learned how to play Texas Hold'em before I started playing Texas Hold'em. So I just took that same approach to sales. Like, okay, I'm going full-time at sales. I don't know anything about enterprise sales because before at the poker you know, my poker startup, that was consumer sales at the mobile marketing startup. That was like mid market sales, software sales. But at IBM, like I'm like, shit, I don't know how to sell CMOs of the largest companies in the world. So I just started reading all the sales books out there. And when you when you start reading and skilling up, you, you know, you figure out everything you need to do. You realize that sales is a game of chess. Sales is a game of Texas Hold'em. There's always the right best next move to make, but you need to have the knowledge to know how to make it. For example, in sales, you're going to run into the same objections every time. I'm not interested. You know, I already work with someone. Need to talk to my boss. You know, not a good time. Call me back later. Send me more information. I need to talk to my wife. You know, you're going to run into this. It's too expensive. I'm not interested unsubscribe, never call me back again. You're going to run into the same 15, 20, 30 objections in sales. So like you just, when you start reading, you start realizing how to play the game of chess, how to play the game of Texas Hold'em. And then you can, you can play it better than anyone else, or at least you can play it as best as the top people in that field. So I bought all these books, right? And I bought, I was like, dude, I'm going to buy a bunch of these sales books in the car dealership industry because the car salesman they're super aggressive. And I'm like, but every time I go into a car dealer, especially a car manufacturer that I like, and I'm a big Mercedes guy, they always get me to like buy a car or I want to buy that car. I'm like, they're pretty freaking good at selling. So I came across a few of Grant Cardone's books 10 years ago, read them, and my my sales dramatically increased. And you know, I reached out to Grant and Jared, became really close with them talked about how it impacted me in, in B2B sales. And it was funny when I was leaving, you know, so I, I became really close with Jared and Grant because uh, again, back then it was a small company. And, you know, when I was looking to go seamless full time, you know, Jared and Grant said, Hey, you know, do you, we want it. They gave me an offer letter. We want you to move to Miami. We want you to run GCTV.com. And I was in this split roads of like, okay, I'm either going to go full-time on Seamless.ai or I'm going to go sell for Grant, you know, run his ad network, his TV network, blow it up, which I was really excited about because I was such a fan of his content and his expertise. And I was 29 years old. And when Grant was 29 years old, he quit his job to go full-time on running his own business. And I was thinking like, well, if I go work for Grant, I could do Seamless.ai part-time. And I just know, I know Grant just from hanging with him and hanging with Jared, like there's no way that Grant's going to let me work on seamless full-time. I'm sorry, part-time. He's going to need me a thousand percent dedicated to growing, you know, the network, right? GCTV.com. And my fiance are like, dude, like, you know, you're ready to go back to, to launch your third company. You got everything you need. And, you know, I declined the offer. I, you know, I wow. declined the offer decided not to move down to Miami again, though, like, you know, I'm a, I love selling. I wish I, I wish the opportunity came to me like five years prior. I was just already working on seamless needed to go full-time on seamless. And I just like said to myself, like, what would G, what would GC do? 
GC at the age of 29, went all in, gave it his all, worked his freaking ass off, 10x his goals, growth goals, everything. And I just applied that same mindset. I was like, all right, you know, I'll promote you guys. I'm a fan. I'll be a referral partner. Unfortunately, I just got to go all in on Seamless. I can't look back and say, what if I went all in on Seamless? And now you've got a few years behind you. What, what, how do you feel about the decision? Oh, dude, best, you know, the hardest, best decision of, of my life, like building a search engine AI company as a technically non-technical founder. Like I worked at IBM interactive. I worked with Google. So I, I know a lot about software development and digital marketing and databases. And, you know, I've got my MBA in undergrad, like, so I've got a lot of intelligence, but I'm not a full-time computer science guy, right? I'm a sales 24 seven guy. So building a search engine and building an AI platform is very difficult. And, you know, the good news is, is like my mentors, like Grant, like Jared, like Jeff, and a few others, they taught me like, have the 10 X mindset. Like it will take fucking 10 years to build yeah. this thing big. And like, I guarantee you, anyone in my position would have quit six months in, one year in, one and a half years in, two years in. I mean, I had the worst stuff happen to me. I hired a CTO that stole from me $100,000 and totally screwed us over. I had, oh you know, God. people, you know, just salespeople stealing from the company. Like, I, I've just had like the worst shit happened to us you know the technology we'd had to rebuild it three times we would rebuild it for a year realize it you know a lot of things and then we'd have to rebuild it for scale then when you rebuild it you know you realize you missed a few things and then you got to rebuild it again for mass scale because like you know we got tens of thousands of people on our our search engine that are searching millions of people a day like the amount of uh, data and servers and, you know, asynchronous API calls that are going on in the real-time AI research, like it's just in insane, right? And Twitter and all these top software, social networks, data companies, they all did the same thing. They rebuilt their platform two, three, five times. Shit, they're still doing it. But, you know, with it, like I launched Seamless initially on my own as a sole entrepreneur. And I think that was great. You know, but if I could do it again, I would I would start from the beginning with a few technology co-founders. Now I've got a whole team, right? I've got four engineers. I've got a, a COO. I've got five to seven salespeople. I've got a marketing team, which is great. But those three years, you know, were hell. And you just got to focus on the long term. Hey, we want to positively impact a billion people. Hey, you know, nice. how do we help the economy generate billions in revenue because it's too damn time consuming, expensive and difficult for companies to acquire new clients. And uh, that passion, that mission, like I just, I'm obsessed with this problem. How do we it help people connect with everyone faster than ever before? Because I can help David find a new job that will change his freaking life. I can help David connect to someone that allows him to get into a college, to get into an Ivy League school, to pay for his kids, you know, pay for his kids uh, school buy their house. Like, you know, there's just, we've just got this really big purpose driven mission. And I know sales creates economy. Sales makes dreams come true. If we can build this platform that will empower you to connect with anyone faster than ever before, 
and acquire your total addressable market instantly, it's game over. And, you know, not game over as like an exit for the company, but like, that's when I could step back and say, damn, dude, we freaking, we freaking accomplished the mission. I did something. Dude, okay. So I love it. This guy's obsessed, man. Be obsessed or be average, right? <laughs> and, you know, if people aren't familiar with the whole 10X philosophy, I mean, you, you basically are living it. What is, you know, tell us about the 10X philosophy and like bring it back to all the shit that you've had to go through in bu- building up your company. Yeah. And, and you know, like there's, there's so many amazing sales authors out there that have, have taught me a lot, you know, Jill Conrath, Aaron Ross, you know, like there's so many Brandy, like there's, there's hundreds of great sales authors, Mike Brooks, you know, but when it came to hustle, like I was always criticized throughout my life because I, I wanted and loved to work my ass off. When I was in college, that's weird. My roommates, my friends would criticize me because instead of being out and I partied really hard. Right. But I was just like, I would do it strategically. Like I'd work my ass off, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, put in eight hours during the day and then go out at night. Like my friends would criticize me like, Hey, you know, why don't you want to play video games? Why don't you want to do this? Like I'd just be hustling, building the business. My family criticized me. My, you know, girlfriends criticized me that I cared too much about money, cared too much about working, cared too much about like accomplishing this, this dream of life that I always wanted. And I just hated feeling like I was this fucking outlier. Like, why am I the only person that is not happy with a nine to five average life? And there's nothing wrong with that life, right? Like, I'm not criticizing anyone, just me personally. I've always been like super, like I've just got these big goals and super motivated where when I, when I met Grant and what he believed in, it was the first person my whole life that like thought as big and bigger and and like 10 X bigger than I could ever think of. And then he, like he coached me to realize like I'm thinking way too small. And you know, that 10 X mindset is all about just create massive goals, like shit that you think would never happen before. You know, I never thought that we seamless would research 750 million contacts, 150 million domains, you know, 30, 40 million companies. Like, you know, in a year ago, we researched 5 million contacts using the seamless platform and 2 million companies. But because we're like, dude, we got to 10X our goals every year. Like we were able to, massively grow our real-time search engine, our real-time database. We were able to 10X our revenue. We are able to 10X our, the users acquired. And it's just about setting massive goals, to, you know, five to 10X the goals, and then figuring out what's the daily activity that you need to hit those goals. And figure out, don't look at that the daily activity that leads to that annual goal as like paralyzing, Look at that freaking daily activity and figure out what do I need to do to execute it. Like, for example, we want to be doing 10 million in revenue. Like, and I, I've got a team of like 10 to 15. If we were doing 10 million in revenue, we'd be valued at 100 million. You know, it would just be awesome. It'd be insane. And like, I look at the activity, we'd have to be giving like a thousand demos a day, right? To hit the, the 10 million in revenue. And 
I don't look at it like, fuck, we're never going to do that. I look at the, the thousand demos and I'm like, okay, like, how do I do that? How? Okay, to do a thousand demos a day, and, and the number is not a thousand. I'm just using it as a number. Let's just pretend it's a hundred demos a day. Okay, we need to prospect 100,000 people to do 100 demos. Okay, well, how do you prospect 100,000 people a day? How many AEs would you need to give that many demos? Okay, you would need, you know, if you need 50 SDRs, we would need 20 to 30 AEs. What, you know, you just figure out what's the math and then you figure out how to execute it and make it happen. And we're nowhere near where we want to be. We're not impacting one millionth the amount of people that we want to impact. But, you know, we know we're going to get there if we never quit. And I think my, my biggest piece of advice is believe in yourself. You can freaking do it. Set massive goals. Be relentless with learning what you need to learn to get to where you need to go and execute. Hustle your ass off. And especially for sales development, like if you're not prospecting 100 people, 100 calls, 100 emails, social touches a day, like you're not going to make the amount of income that you want to make. And I would probably recommend do a lot more than that. Figure out how you can do more than that. Whatever the number one guy is doing at the company, figure out how to do 10x more than that and then do it. Like however hard you think you're pushing yourself, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. I never compared myself to one of the people at the companies that I worked at. I compared myself to like the billionaires, the mega multimillionaires. Like how do I become them? Don't, don't compare your friends. Don't use like your friends and people that you work with as the, the base layer of where you want to be. Compare yourself to like, dude, Elon Musk is creating freaking spaceships, <laughs> is creating electric cars. Like I try to compare myself to like Elon Musk. Like how is this, this guy building rocket ships? And I still have not learned how to program. How do I not know how to fucking learn how to program and this guy's building rockets? Like, am I that lazy? Am I that (laughs) lazy to not do that? You know, so you just got to hold yourself highly accountable and cut out all the bullshit. Stop making excuses. Grind your ass off. Learn, read as much as possible and crush it. Go all in every day. If you want to become a millionaire, which I've done over and over again, you need to fucking work your ass off. (laughs) Nice, dude. Hey, let's put a point on that, man. That is it. And, you know, one thing about the 10x, you know, philosophy is also, it's like, dude, people don't uh, realize how much work is going to go into a project and then they give up on it. They kind of give up on themselves. So if you go into a project thinking like, dude, I need to 10x my shit, then you're not going to give up because you know that you have to put in that that work and work your freaking face off to make it, make it possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to work so hard. If you think you're working really hard, you're, you're probably not even one tenth of, of working as hard as you need to work. But I also recommend like smart working, right? Like if you're like smart working, if you're just spraying and praying thousands of prospects with a shitty email, that's not like smart working hard, right? I'm saying like, okay, figure out who your ideal customer personas are, the managers, directors, VPs, write the messaging specific to the persona, execute the call scripts, the voicemail scripts, the email scripts, the social scripts, the videos, make sure all those messaging add value to your prospects. It's not about you. No one gives a shit about you. How are you going to change your prospect's life? Like doing all of that takes a lot of hard work. Then once you have that done, then you got to call 
and sell to a million people. That takes a lot of hard work. So don't be stupid. Don't work hard, you know, unintelligently. Right. Uh, work hard, smart, and execute really hard and, and go really big and ask for advice along the way and find some great mentors. And, and you know, in the sales world, you know, you'll, you'll make it. And if you never quit and you're always open to feedback and advice and learning and applying new principles and technologies and ideas, you'll always be successful because you'll always be open-minded. Yes. Yeah. I, I already know that, or I already do that is like the worst thing that you can hear when you're talking to somebody. Cause it's just like, dude, this guy's not coachable. Uh, you, dude, yeah. one of the reasons why my, my chief revenue officer loved working with me was because like, I would listen to every word that he would say, because I knew this guy did a hundred million in deals. Right. And I'm like, how do I do a hundred million in deals? And I would just like, Hey, Jeff, this is how I want to go after this deal. This is how we're going to close this $10 million pursuit or this $1 million pursuit. Like get his feedback, his advice, his advice on prospecting. Like you got to be so coachable and, you know, just be open to any idea and let data rule the ideas. Like I don't care if David's got the best idea or if I've got the best idea. I just care about what converts to book more appointments, what converts to book more appointments to close deals. I don't care if it's David's subject line, if it's Brandon's subject line, if it's Mark's subject line, if it's Jill Conrath's, if it's, you know, you know, any, you know, Coca Zoltz. Sexton's subject line. Aaron Ross says open the cold calls this way, but the guys over here at Connect and Sell say do it that way. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll try them all and figure out what works the best based on data. Use data to inform everything. Don't use your gut. And that's what I learned in digital marketing at IBM and Google. You got to use data to optimize everything you do. In sales development, use data to freaking tell you what's working and what's not. No one gives a shit about your opinion. Use the data to optimize and close more business. Nice. So, Brendan, dude, this is amazing. I got a lot of good advice for the listeners, and I appreciate you being on. We're up against the hour how can people learn more about Seamless and, and get in touch with you? Yeah, you know, like I'd love to connect with with you all on LinkedIn, on Twitter. You know, please feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I'm also right on the Seamless.ai website. For all the listeners too, we're going to give you guys a free $1,000 license. So David, what's the referral oh, code that they should use? Sales Development Conference or what's the, you know, the podcast referral code? You know, you think of that while I'm talking, but, you know, guys, you know, we're going to give you a thousand dollars to the seamless.ai platform. We're trying to positively impact a million people and generate billions in revenue in the global economy. We can't do that without you using the platform, giving us feedback, giving us advice to help you find your total addressable market, contact your total addressable market and acquire your total addressable market instantly using artificial intelligence. So I'd love to give you guys all free licenses. I'd love to get you on the platform. I'd love to help you crush your quota, maximize your revenue, find your next biggest customer so that you can buy that car, buy that house, get that, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, whatever your goals are, we're here to help you accomplish that. So um, connect with us on seamless.ai, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, you name it. Yeah. And let's put in um, for the code SD podcast, SD podcast, SD podcast. Yep. Perfect. You go to the website, seamless.ai, you register, put in SD podcast. We will make sure you get hooked up 
$1,000 on me and let's make some money. Let's help you make some money. Let's help you make 2018 your biggest and best year yet. Dude, I'm going to go sign up, man. I, I got two kids in private school, man. Let's help me make Dude, those payments. Help me <laughs> pay for your help, help me help you pay for your kids' private schools. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with everybody. Everybody go on seamless.ai, put in SD podcast, get get that trial going. And Brandon, thanks again, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.